I love you guys so much. Some of you guys don't know this, but we get in here 7.30 o'clock in the morning when you guys are either half asleep, still asleep, debating whether or not you're going to come to church. I see you guys online. You didn't come. It's okay. Next week. Okay. We're here. We're preparing. We, we want to give the Lord our best. And can we give a shout out to Pastor Izzy? He left the stage already. But can, can we give out a shout out to Pastor Izzy? That man can literally play every instrument. I asked him if he wanted to play the water bottle at the end. He said, he'll do it. So whatever, whatever you put in his hands, he's going to make music. He's going to make a joyful noise to the Lord. Well, hey, happy Father's Day to all of the dads in the house. It's good to see you. We love you. If you're a dad in the house, would you stand up? And I just want to pray for you. Pray a blessing. Come on, you can give it up for the dads. We have... We have a gift for you guys on your way out. You got to make sure, though. Listen, I've been a dad for almost 12 years now. You got to make sure your kids don't steal it. You might need to make sure that your wife doesn't steal it. I don't know. But in any case, Father, we thank you so much for the fathers in this house. Lord, you know that it is not an easy job. You know the fears and the failures. You know our insecurities. You know the struggles, the burdens, everything that we face, Lord. But here we are, Lord. We're still here. We aim to show up, Lord, and, and we aim to be like you, our Heavenly Father. So I ask that you would bless these men, bless their homes, Lord, everything that they do, Lord, that they would speak life into their children's hearts. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, hey, I just realized, I don't know if you guys saw this online, but I saw this online, that, that Chick-fil-A is doing a special thing for fathers it is a special promotion just for today. I don't know if we can have it on the screen. But Fathers Eat Free today, Sunday, June 18th at Chick-fil-A. If you know, you know that Chick-fil-A is actually closed on Sunday. So please don't go. Kids, please don't take your, your dads to Chick-fil-A. Um, you know what? Take them to Raising Cane's because it's better. Oh, I just said that. All right. Whoa, whoa. Hold on a second. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, some of you guys like bland food. That's good. That's good. I love, I love being a father. It's one of my, my favorite responsibilities, one of my favorite privileges. But I'll be the first to say that sometimes being a father can be difficult. Sometimes kids do. Sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes, on occasion, kids do act up. And I found this video on my phone a couple days ago from a while back. Zach was about three years old. Can we go ahead and play this and I'll share a little bit of parenting advice for some Are of you, you guys here. So here's what you do as a parent. You just wait them out. Okay? Gentle stubbornness goes a long way. That's the fake crying. You got to know when to spot fake crying. Are you ready to listen? Say yes, Papa. Okay, stand up. This is how easy it is, guys. Let me kiss. I love you, Papa. And that's it. That's, that's all you got to do, guys. Just a little gentle stubbornness goes a long way. And I'd like to tell you that, this is about a 40-second clip. I'd like to tell you that the, the disobedience stopped at age three, but it really, it really doesn't. If you guys know, you know. Um, <laughs> but in the video, but in the video, what I'm doing when I say to him, Tell, tell me that you love me, that I love you, Papa. What I'm doing there, it's not, it's not dominance. And sometimes, if, I think for being transparent, sometimes as fathers, as parents, we, we, we tend to 
be a little dominant over our kids. But what I'm doing is I want to affirm his position. I want to affirm his identity that he's my son, that I love him regardless. Whether he's done something or not, whether he's done something right or done something wrong, I love him because the affirmation of a father has a powerful effect on our children. The affirmation of God, our father, has a powerful effect if we allow him to take effect, that affirmation to take effect into our lives. And we see this in Matthew chapter 3, where God confirms and affirms his father-son relationship with Jesus. In verse 13, in the NIV, it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is God saying, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And we see throughout scripture, we see throughout the gospels, again, in Matthew chapter 17, when Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration, again, we see the father present in this situation. We see his voice. We hear his voice saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. We know that Jesus, when he taught the disciples to pray, said, you begin by saying our, our father. Now look at this in Luke chapter 23, verse 46. Jesus on the cross says, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. And so throughout scripture, Jesus is known as God's lamb. He's known as God's servant. He's known as God's Messiah. Jesus calls God, God. He calls God, Lord. He calls God, King. But it's important to note that in Matthew chapter 3, before, before Jesus ever steps into his earthly ministry, his three and a half year earthly ministry, before that ever took place, it's the father saying, this is my son. And then at the end of his ministry, when he's on the cross, Jesus doesn't call out to God, Lord, or King. He calls out to father. He says, father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And so we see that Jesus' ministry on earth is bookended with an acknowledgement to the father-son relationship that he shares with the Lord. And this intimacy with God, I believe, is what fuels him. It's what propels him to complete the mission that God the Father had for him. And I believe that so often we lose sight of what we're doing or we struggle in our mission. Sometimes as fathers, if you're a father, that's part of your mission. That's probably a big part of your mission. If you serve in the church, if you're a mother, if you go to school, these are missions that God has called you to. And so many times we struggle with our mission because we forget our identity as children of the father. And so when we look at the scripture here, I want to point out four things that we need to believe about our heavenly father. Now, I say believe and not know because knowing is here, but belief is here. Belief is in the heart. And, and when your belief is in your heart, there's conviction. And it's that conviction that, that really propels you. And so number one, 
we see that our heavenly father is present. God didn't just send Jesus on a mission to say, hey, Jesus, I want you to go. Son, I want you to go. I want you to minister to the people, heal the sick, perform miracles, preach the gospel, and then I'm just going to take care of heaven. I'm going to take care of my business here in heaven. No, no, no. In Matthew 3, he was present. We know he was present because he spoke over Jesus. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, he says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong. Be courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now, I'll be the first to say that so much of our view as God, the Father, I think sometimes we, we view God as God, and that's, that makes a lot of sense because we can't create anything that we see out in nature. So someone else had to have done it. But the idea of God as Father can be really foreign to us, especially if our earthly Father wasn't a good representation of what it means to be a Father. And for me, for years, I struggled with the idea of God being present in my life because my father left us when I was one year old. I was just a year old. And, and since that time, he's never been an active part in my life. So the idea that God was present with me through the highs and the lows of life, it didn't really register. I, I could see it for other people, but I couldn't see it for myself. And I'll tell you this, that the effects of not having a father the, the absence, the void in my heart, it ran so deep that well, I could tell you a lot of stories, but one story, and I was about probably 34 years old. We were living in the parsonage here. Zach was about three years old, and I was watching this movie, Cars. I was watching it with Zach, because if I watched it alone, then that probably would have been weird. It's a kid's movie, and I was watching it with my son, and at this point, I estimate that at this point, I'm not a big crier, but at this point, I probably went about two years without crying. And in the end of the, at the end of the movie, Lighton McQueen, who's the main character, he has a falling out with Doc Hudson, who's the father figure. He's kind of the coach that's coaching uh, Lightning McQueen to win these races, right? He, they have a falling out. And Lightning McQueen is at the final race, and he's struggling. And as he's struggling, all of a sudden, he hears Doc's voice. And he says, I didn't come all this way to see you quit. I think that's a pretty good Pretty, pretty, pretty good impression. That's what he says. And I promise you, I'm sitting there with my three-year-old son. And as I hear that voice in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my God, the father came back. And, and, and I'm struggling and I'm telling myself, you're, you're, you're 33. You haven't cried in a couple years. This can't be the moment. You can cry, but this can't, it, it can't be a kid's movie. I promise you, I almost lost it because the father figure came back. But can I tell you something about God? God doesn't have to come back because he never left. God doesn't have to come back because he never left. Now, sometimes we push him away. That's a different story. But God will never leave you. Our God, our Father is present. Number two, our Heavenly Father is mindful of us. In Psalm chapter 8, verse 3, it says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? Again, my earthly father showed very little to no interest in my life. So the idea that, that God, the father, was mindful of me, that he was thinking about me, it just didn't make sense. And I think for a lot of us, we kind of go through our, our daily routine, our daily walk, without ever realizing or compre fully comprehending that God is mindful of us. I'm 
born and raised in the city. I'm a city guy. Nothing against nature. As I've gotten older, I've, I've learned to really enjoy and love nature. But if I'm going to go somewhere, I, I want to see a city. I want to see a skyline. Some of it is because the food is just better in a city than it is out in the woods. That's just me. Yesterday, I was driving from the south side, and, and I was driving through downtown, and I saw the skyline, and I was like, oh my goodness, if that isn't the most beautiful sky, I'm a little biased, if that isn't the most beautiful skyline in the world, it, it is breathtaking. How many of you guys know, show of hands, how many of you know what the Sears Tower is? Raise your hand. How many of you know what the Willis Tower is? Okay, we'll pray for you at the end. But here's the thing, as we're as we're marveling at city skylines or you're marveling at creation and, and we see this, David is saying, oh, when I look at the sun and the moon and the stars, when I look at the heavens, and as we're doing that, and some of you guys, you know, you take your selfies, you pull your phone out, you do the, you do your duck face thing, now it's the, whatever that is, I don't know what that is. While you're doing that, God's taking a snapshot of you. While you're marveling at his creation, he's looking at you. He's mindful of you. When he, when, when he made creation in six days, he just, he kept going. Yeah, he made the sun. Yeah, he made the moon. Yeah, he created light. Yeah, he created the wind. Yeah, he made the oceans. Yeah, he put everything in its place. But then when he made man, he rested. There was something about us. And, and I got to tell you, you have to, you have to allow the Lord to open your eyes to, to see each other, to see yourself, that you're made in the image of God. There's something about you that made you and I, that made God stop for a second and say, you know what? I don't need to create anymore. And because he's mindful of us, this is number three, because he's mindful of us, our heavenly father is approachable. He's approachable at all times. I'll tell you this, about maybe a year or two ago, I was at one of the single moms events next door. I was helping with worship and I was sitting with my kids because sometimes you got to drag your kids to events that they don't want to go to. You know, I paid the price kids, so you got to do it too. By the way, my daughter's in the service, so I have to take out some of the stories that I was going to tell about her. But I was sitting in this, I was sitting in this event with my kids and I kind of wanted to teach them a lesson about how when you read the word of God over and over again, what happens is it goes from reading it with your eyes to being in your heart. And it gets to a point then that even without the Bible, you can recall God's word. And in doing so, what you end up doing is you really, you recall his voice. You know the voice of the Lord because you know the word of the Lord. Okay? And so I wanted to give this really great analogy. I thought it was going to be this amazing kind of full house Danny Tanner moment. If you don't know what that is, it's, it's on Netflix, probably. And so I said to my kids, I said, what's something that you hear me say all the time? That you can, you just, when, when someone talks about your dad, you, this is something that, that he says. And I thought they were going to say something like, I love you. I'm proud of you. You guys are amazing kids. Can I, can I be really vulnerable here? My, one of them said, I'm busy. And the other said, I'm working. And it, it cut me deep in a really good way because it helped realign my priorities. And I think as fathers, we've all been there. I think as, as people, we've all been there. But here, your relationship with the Heavenly Father, He's always 
approachable. He's never too busy. Hebrews chapter four, verse 16 says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. You can approach God's throne with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find, find grace to help us in our time of need. Can I just speak to the dads a little bit here? To the dads in the house, let your kids approach you. Age doesn't matter. How long you've been a dad doesn't matter. How old they are, let them approach you as much as possible during the day, during the night. I know sometimes it's not possible. I, I get that. And so I, I'm not saying quit your job so you can be a full-time dad. If that's what God's calling you, hey, do that. I don't know. But I'm not saying you have to do that. But I am saying as much as possible, let them approach you. Even last night, about 1048 last night, Kayla texted me. Uh, she was spending the night with my mom and I was working on the sermon and working on worship. And I could have easily just said, hey, I'm busy, or I could have just ignored the call. But I felt, you know, I need to be approachable for my children. And, and I promise you that as a father, if you do that, maybe in the past you haven't done that, but if you do that now, you'll see things start to change in your home. I, really, I truly, truly believe that. And then for the rest of us, to understand that whatever we're going through, you might be on the mountaintop because you got a promotion, because you got a raise, because you got a new house, whatever the case may be. You might be at rock bottom because things just aren't going your way. But in any moment, in every season of life, you can approach God the Father, but you can't, it's not this, this timid, I, I'm really not sure, Lord. It's no, I'm coming. I'm coming because you said approach, I'm gonna come. I'm going to come at you, God. I'm going to come towards you, Lord. If I run to you, I know you're going to come to me. Our Father is approachable. And number four, our Heavenly Father is pleased. He's proud of us. I love this because, again, growing up without a dad, I never really understood this. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, it says, And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. I think oftentimes we think about our parents, our fathers having pleasure over us because we did something good. Maybe you brought that first A home on your report card. And I, my, my mom made sure I got A's because if I didn't, I was hurting. And uh, that's, a, that's a different, different life, right? Different, different parenting style. Maybe you got a promotion at your job. Maybe you made the basketball team. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you got married. And, and when you get those accomplish, accomplishments, when you get to those stages in life, you feel the pride of your father. You feel the pride of your mother. You feel the, the pride of those mother-father figures in your life. But here's what's really, really key about this passage. Like I said before, Matthew chapter 3 is well before well before Jesus ever did any miracle, well before he ever did anything in terms of his mission on earth for the Father. So before he ever did anything, the Father says, I love you. The Father says, I love you. And he says, I'm pleased with you. 
You make me proud without ever having done anything. And some of us, we live our Christian lives and we think, well, if, I only, if only I just get on the keys and I, and I play some songs on a Sunday morning, or if only I, I lead worship here, or if only I usher, or if, or if only I serve in, in CK and I, and I bless the kids, or I serve in youth group, or, or I help take the offering. If only I do these things for the Lord, then he'll be proud of me. And God says, no, I'm proud of you because you're mine. I'm proud of you because I created you. I'm proud of you because you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. And there's something in you and my love for you. You don't even understand, but it just overflows. Like we were talking about last week, abounding grace. It just keeps coming. And if you look at Matthew chapter 4, you see in chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus is tested. In verse 12, Jesus begins to preach. In verse 18, Jesus calls his first disciples. In verse 23, Jesus heals the sick. These are these, these, these um, dividers, if you will, that separate the passages in Matthew chapter 4. These are the little subheaders, if you will. But before he ever did any of those things, God was pleased with him. God loved him. He showed his love to him. And he's showing, he wants to show, he's showing his love to us this morning. It's not about what we do. It's not about trying to earn. Like we talked about in the last couple of weeks, we can't earn grace. Grace by definition is unmerited favor. You can't do anything to get it, but it's there if you take it. Worship team, and have you come up. I try often as I've read scripture, as I've seen how God the Father fathers, I try my best to to mimic him. And so oftentimes I'll, I'll tell my kids that I'm proud of them. Not because they get good grades, not because they accomplish something. Although in those moments, I definitely tell them as well. Of course I do. But even just throughout the day, in the morning or at night, as much as possible, I I say, I'm proud of you. I, I, tell, I try to tell my daughter every morning that she's strong, she's smart, she's beautiful, and she's loved. And sometimes my daughter, I guess I do have a story about you, kid. Sometimes my daughter, when I say, Kales, I'm, I'm so proud of you. Sometimes she'll say, why? And it's not a hard answer. It's not a deep answer, maybe even. I just say, just because, just because. And I know there are times where that doesn't satisfy her curiosity. And I think for, for a lot of us, that doesn't satisfy our curiosity because we want to prove ourselves. And what God is saying is when it comes to him being your father, when it comes to him being someone who's present, who's mindful, who's approachable, who's proud of you. You don't have to prove that. That's just him. That's his character. That's his nature. And we just have to receive it. And if I could use a verse to kind of sum up a lot of this, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17 says, The Lord your God is with you. That's his presence. That's him being approachable. The mighty warrior who saves. That's him being mindful of you. He sees what you're going through. He knows if you're wondering where that 
that money for groceries is coming in? Where's that going to come from? He knows when you worry about your kids. He knows when you worry about your job. You're trying to figure out what ministry to serve in. He's here to save you. He's mindful of you. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. He's proud of you. He's singing over you. If you take moments throughout your day to let him interrupt your life, if you take moments throughout your week out of your schedule and say, Lord, would you, would you speak to me, God? I think you might hear him singing over you. I think you might hear the Father. I think you might feel the affirmation of God the Father. And I think if you allow that to penetrate whatever walls you've built up, I know that he'll propel you to places you've never dreamed of. And so here's what I want to do. I want to do two things, but the first thing is this. I just want you to sit because we're so busy. Some of us, most of us, will leave this morning and we won't even remember what songs we sang or the verses that we read. So can we take a minute as the worship team leads us in this song? My prayer is that you would feel the affirmation of God the Father over your life. I want to do one more thing. Um, and you can have a seat. If We've been talking about grace and John Piper says that grace is pardon, but grace is also power. And I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. That's the pardon part, okay? He's talking about being an apostle. He's saying, it's only by the grace of God that I'm in this position. I don't deserve to be in the position of apostle, but I'm here because of grace. Then he says, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. That's the empowerment. So there's pardon, God pouring out, and there's power, God working through. Right? And, and there's an effort required. That's why he says, I worked harder, but he's also realizing that I worked, yes, I had to do something. It's like if, if you wanted to get from here to Atlanta and you needed a car, I can provide the car, but you still got to do your part, put the key in the ignition, turn it, steer it, and then get it to wherever you need to go. So grace meant that Paul received that which he did not deserve on his own accord, and grace also meant that Paul could achieve that which he could not accomplish on his own strength. I want to speak to the dads in the room. Most of you guys know that my wife was diagnosed in 2018 with stage four breast cancer. Um, in fact, when she was diagnosed, when we found out we were in our bedroom, she took the phone call and I started weeping. I started bawling and, and I told her, she said, what? And I said, I said, you broke my, my cry streak. She passed away four and a half years into that journey last November. I want to share with you, and yes, it was hard. All of it was hard. 
but specifically, there was a week in 2020, the pandemic hit, we were on lockdown, schools were on lockdown, but our home was on lockdown because we wanted to do our best to protect her. We just didn't know what was going on. We didn't know what it was. We didn't have a lot of information. And I just knew that if I was going to keep my wife as healthy as possible, alive as possible, I had to shut everyone, literally everyone else besides her and my children. And somewhere in that, in that week, um, she had to go to the hospital. So it was just me and the kids. Uh, our middle son, special needs. Uh, he was about seven years old at the time. And so my daily routine was I would wake up in the morning. I would feed the kids breakfast. We would do our Zoom classes. I had to sit there with them. We would take a break for lunch. We would go back and do the Zoom classes. If, if I had the energy, we would do an activity throughout the day or later in the day. We'd have dinner. I'd tuck them in. And it was just day in, day out. And I didn't know how long it was going to be because I didn't know how long she was going to be in the hospital. And there were reports that, that the cancer spread to her brain, which weren't true. But at that time, I didn't know. And maybe in the between, I could sneak a phone call in with my wife and talk to her for a little bit. But a lot of times she didn't have the strength or our, our schedule just didn't line up. It, it was, when I talk about lonely, it was lonely. When I talk about hard, it, it was hard. I was sleep de- deprived because our son, Jack, the, the one with special needs, his sleep pattern, he could be up all night, literally all night, and he can function properly. It's pretty amazing. Or he could be asleep for a couple hours, then he can wake up for another five hours or, or the opposite. And we always had to make sure that one of us would stay awake with him because he was, he's an eloper. He could leave the house. Um, and, and if he gets hold of things that, you know, he shouldn't get a hold of, and he could be a danger to himself or to others. One night I fell asleep before him because I just couldn't, I just couldn't last. I just couldn't hang with my kid. And I woke up, and excuse me for being kind of graphic here, but when I woke up, I found that he had pooped his diaper but not only did he poop his diaper, he, he, took, it, he took his diaper off because it wasn't comfortable anymore. And this is all in the middle of the night. And, and he smeared it all over the room. And this thought came to my head for the first time ever as a father. And one of the few times in my adult life, this thought came to my head that, that said, maybe it would be better if I wasn't around. I'm not saying that, I don't want to exaggerate. So I'm not saying that I planned my death. I'm not saying that I planned to leave my family. I'm just saying a thought came to my mind because I, I found myself in a place that I hadn't ever been in before as a father. I, I reached a limit. But I stand here before you today, now seven months and two days of being a single father. I'm, I'm not doing it because I'm mentally strong. I'm not doing it because I've read books. I'm not doing it because I have a lot of help and I do have a lot of help. I'm doing it because grace has empowered me. So here's what I want to do, fathers, if you're listening to me. If you're a dad in the room this morning and, and you say, man, I need grace to father. Maybe your situation, maybe you're, maybe you're at that rock bottom. Maybe you hit your limit. Maybe you haven't. You just know something down the road that you, just, you know you need that grace you know you need to feel the Father's affirmation as you, Father. If that's you, would you be so courageous and bold to stand up? To say, hey, I need, I need grace. I need grace. I don't need to know 
your situation. And can we have, if you're on the prayer team, if you're a deacon, if you're an elder, can you just come alongside these dads? Just, if they're okay with it, put your hand on their shoulder. Can we pray for each other? Listen, you don't have to father alone. You don't have to father alone. There's some gentlemen over here, again, if you're on the prayer team, if you're a leader, if you're a ministry leader here, you don't have to father alone because God is with you. He's present. He's mindful of you. When you are at your lowest point, his, his thoughts are towards you. And so even, can you just let that individual or individuals, let them pray over you at this moment, strengthen to encourage you. Worship team, you can go back to that song. If you're near someone, can you stretch your hand out? Can you begin to pray for them? Let's not just be bystanders here. You're part of the prayer team here. Just pray, just lift your voice. Father, we're asking for grace to Father. Lord, would you help my brother? Father, would you speak to him? Would you show him your affection? Would you show him your love for him, Lord? Would you show him your pride over him, Lord, that you're proud of him, God? Would you restore any brokenness in the relationship, God? Lord, would you bring restoration to homes? Would you bring restoration to relationships, Lord? Would you give grace today, Lord? Would you give grace today, Father? Could we receive grace to Father? Could we receive grace to parent? Father, whatever they're going through, would you impart wisdom on these fathers? Would you pour out your spirit on these fathers, Lord? as they aim to please you, Lord. Even in their brokenness, God, would you pour your mercy out on them? Would you pour wisdom out on them? Would you pour revelation out on them? Would you teach them how to father? Father, would you teach me how to father? Teach us how to love. Teach us how to be affectionate. Jesus, we need you. You see me. You see my heart. Through the eyes of your mercy. In the light of your soul. Will you love me? Touch their hearts, God. Renew their minds. Strengthen them physically. Strengthen them emotionally, God. And the pride of the failure be washed away by the perfect love of Jesus. When you see me, you see my heart through the eyes of your mercy, in the light of your sun, will you reach my brother, strengthen my brother, edify my brother, or that he be resilient in his mission as a father, and the pride of a father, you Through the eyes of your mercy
Father, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you that you see us. And Lord, for these fathers who, are, who say, I need grace, Lord, remind us that you see us at every part of the day through the mundane, through the excitement, and everywhere in between that you're mindful of us, that you're watching us. Father, let us take hold. God, let us take hold of that grace to father and that grace to father well in a fatherless generation, Lord. Let us take hold of that for your glory, for your kingdom. And all the saints say, amen and amen, amen. Hey, can we give our father a shout of praise? Can we love on our father? This morning, man, it is so good to be in God's house. Fathers, again, don't forget your gift on your way out. Don't forget to go to Raising Cane's because it's better. We love you guys. God bless you. Hope to see you at the prayer meeting. Have a wonderful day. You are dismissed. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs>